elegant weapon for a more civilized age. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to An Elegant Weapon, episode 332. My name is Jay, J.M. Clark, J. the Jedi Ross, Ross Jedi J, and as always, it's so wonderful to have all you beautiful babies back here with me in the L5J studio. This week on the show, I feature my guest, Mr. Jonathan Kochuba. Jonathan came by the L5J studios, and we had a blast making pod. He was a lot of fun to talk to. Jonathan is the creator of a very cool and unique comic book called Paper head it's very rad you all need to check it out he is also the lead singer of a band called summer and youth new single off their new album it's called left for dead you're gonna hear that on this episode right at the end there that's we're gonna stick that on the tail so make sure you stick around at the end after my conversation with jonathan to hear summer and youth left for dead Jonathan singing along uh but yeah uh, it was very cool uh met Jonathan maybe a year ago or something like that when he popped up and started doing the shows around the Toronto area uh read his book Paperhead and uh it's something different and it's something else and I enjoyed it very much so it was very cool to have him here in the studio for an awesome chat so with no further delay ladies and gentlemen my conversation with Jonathan Kochuba we're, we're, we're podcasting now. That's what we're doing, just so you know. You know? See, watch. She won't say a word now. Okay. She's all talky-talky <laughs> when the mics aren't on. When the mics are on. She's out of here. And, and, and that's a special tattoo, right? A special what? Specials tattoo on your arm, right? Yes, that is a specials tattoo. Nice. I love the specials. I'm all ska all the time. Yeah? Uh, well, not all the time. But ska, as I've aged, ska has become it for me. Yeah. But not like... <clears throat> all of the ska that you'll think of because when I was in, like in high school um I kind of like ska but the ska I was being exposed to was not the ska that I you know that was actually out there to enjoy so it was all like punk ska yeah you know it was all like goldfinger and you know sublime god bless them like i love sublime yeah i don't group them into that because they're such a unique eclectic sound on their own you know but like you know all that poppy punk ska like you know real big fish and all that that wasn't my scene even though there was something to it i knew i liked were were you you big on the um the 905 um toronto like the 905 local stuff like um, not like jersey and those bands yes but how wait how old are you i'm uh 36 you're 36 that's that's my high school my high school is jersey okay so you're four i'm five years older than you maybe five and a bit years so that's our you know difference there uh i in mississauga in the 90s when I was a teenager in high school, it was uh, oh, who were the bands? It was uh, New Day Rising. Oh wow! And because I, all my friends were into the hardcore scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like uh, Racer. Who oh wow! Came from like Grover, and uh, eventually uh, turned into like partly the Full Blast. We uh, we played the Full Blast in high school. Uh, oh really? Yeah, I guess they were going then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> they, they were one of those bands that like. Um, I think people they had they had they had big plans for them like they they had a flash website. <laughs> yeah, school. well they had you know. hopes and dreams. Uh their guitarist was once my best friend. 
Ooh. And I went to high school with him. Yeah. We, we don't really talk anymore. Okay, yeah, <laughs> I understand that. But, uh, no, but I came up through all that scene, like, uh, you know, it was New Day Rising and Blake. There was a really good band called Blake, and they were kind of Smashing Pumpkins-esque. Oh, interesting. And I really enjoyed them. But the church at Glen Aaron and Winston Churchill, or sorry, College Way and Winston Churchill, there's a little Aaron Mills United Church right oh, there wow. on the corner. That was yeah. all the shows were in the basement there because they used to let them rent out the uh, the basement there. So, wow! So that, that's yeah. '90s, right? Yeah, that's that's the '90s scene, the hardcore. Did you ever go to the Masonic Lodge? Because that, that's where for us we play show. The for us it was like my high school. It wasn't was... that then. Yeah, because it was. I can't remember what it was. In the Kinsman Hall, that was the other. But one. it became uh, MTV Canada. That was the home base for MTV Canada for a while, and then wait, wait Masonic Lodge or Masonic yeah, the Masonic Temple? the Temple. Sorry, sorry. Te- no, Temple's different. Temple's in Toronto. Masonic Which Lodge, Lodge are you talking? I'm talking about, about the Streetsville Masonic Lodge. Oh, yeah, okay, I know of it, yeah. but no, uh, I don't think shows ever happened. I was like, the Temple's there. where the Rolling Stones. Uh, that's where that's where the Rolling Stones practice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, but we get around a little areas around. I mean, I was never in a band, but they were all my friends, and I was into the scene, so I followed around, but. Uh, it wasn't until back to what we were talking to with the ska though. I just don't want to lose track of yeah. that. Was yeah. it was two thousand year two thousand two thousand or two thousand and one? I think it was two thousand. But my friend comes over to my house, and he says, "You got to hear this," and he puts on a CD by a band called the Slackers. And it was like one of those moments you see in a movie, like after ten seconds of hearing this song. I was like, what is this? This is the greatest sound my ears have ever fucking heard. Yeah. And I've been hooked on this band ever since for like 19 years or whatever. I've seen them 26 times. In fact, they're coming back to Toronto at Lee's Palace April 27th. Do not miss it. Oh, wow. But it's that uh, it's that Motown old school ska. It's like yeah. that sixties horns, yeah. you know, proper organ mixed with like a, a New York style like jazz bluesiness kind of it's just it's, wonderful it's basically music. Kind, it's kind of like the, it's kind of like a throwback to like the the specials or like english beat and those, it those is groups, but like there's way more like motown to it i see lots more soul it's, yeah they're a very soulful ska band right yeah and it's uh yeah i'm a huge it's, i've had three of them on the show oh cool there's six of them and i've had three i've had jay uh dave and who'd I have? Jay, Dave, and Glenn. I had all on the show. So there's three more I got to get. So I'm hoping to at least nail down one of them for when they come in April. Oh, because well. I, I did two on Skype and one live. Yeah. Dave Hilliard, I was able to do live because he let me go down to Lee's and do it in the green room there. So if I, if I can, I hope to set that up because it's so much better doing this in person. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. You know, which I've been trying to do a lot. And, <laughs> and you, well, you mentioned you got to meet Alex Ross. Yes, uh, you know who is the, the, pro- the yeah. producer, not the not the artist. No, yes, he's the producer of the Never Sleeps Network. Um, sorry, Never Sleeps Network. They yeah. don't like it when I put the the in there, but I can't help it. I call everything the. It sounds cooler. You know, it's like, it's like the depends. daddy, the, yeah. the mommy, like everything's the to me. Yeah. Um, so, uh, where was it going with this? Well, I I think so. Wow, see how this happens? It's yeah. like a quick brain off fart, right? So, uh, Alex. 
And we were talking about, I don't know, but it was probably leading into the fact that you just did uh, our good friend Aaron Broverman's Speech Bubble podcast. Yes. Yeah. And did you enjoy that? Very much so. I was very therapeutic. I was, I felt really like, I felt like I got things off my chest. So a, a part of me, a, a part of me kind of feels like, let's see how this thing goes. Yeah. See, Aaron is a professional journalist, yeah. right? Like he knows what he's doing. I have no clue what I'm doing. I just talk and that's what i've always done so aaron and i have this beautiful yin and yang to the to the comic book scene in toronto that provides really interesting perspectives yeah because i will often just hang around and shoot the shit with artists and you know we talk about what's going on or whatever but aaron aaron starts from the beginning yeah and he digs right in i, I remember he, he finds every little fucking nugget of awesomeness that he can pull out of you it's great I remember, I remember, was it your show with uh, Shane Heron where uh, you guys like talked about Tombstone for a good while? Like, I, 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 oh, I, yeah, I, I yeah. didn't know about that about Shane. That's really cool. It's a cool fact. Shane, you wouldn't, you wouldn't think it, you know? Yeah, Looking. you know, he loves the podcast. Yeah, and he'll do it whenever offered. He'll never do one himself, but if someone gives him the opportunity, oh, he'll, he'll sit there and talk, and it's great because those are the kind of guests you want to have too, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. So, uh, Jonathan Kochuba. Correct. Sits with me here today. Jonathan makes comic books. Now, where does your comic book making story begin? Wow. Okay. So my comic book story begins. Uh, first off, um, I think I've grown up comic books my whole life because uh, my brother was really into comic books, and it's one of those things where I have no memory of like my first comic book. Like they were always a part of me. In always some way. there. Yeah, yeah, they're always there. Yeah. Uh, but I can say that with the the combination of me getting into comic books and drawing. It's uh, I'll give that to uh, Mr. Dress Up and nice. Spider Man sixty six cartoon reruns. Nice. Because did you did you always draw or do you remember when you started drawing? Well, I mean, I I think my earliest memories of drawing were like um like probably like when I was four or something. I I I, just, I remember doing scribbles and then eventually they became things like you know right okay. yeah like I think I had like like you know the artist was like this was my uh, my shapes period you right know, type of thing. right right. But um, I think, uh, but then with Mr. Dress Up, because um, I, I would have that half day kindergarten, you go home and, uh, you know, you just, you're, it, it was the 80s, right? So you're by yourself, pretty much yeah, the kid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, the TV basically has, uh, sometimes you watch Mr. Dress Up and then they play the 66 Spider-Man. So it's that influence mm -hmm. of like seeing uh, Mr. Dress Up drawing, because he had these drawing segments that really gra I gravitated towards. They were great. Yeah. They were really good because he was so good at explaining them and they were so simple and yeah. easy and... I feel bad for Americans. Yeah. That, well, actually, I don't. They had they Mr. Had, Rogers. They had Mr. Rogers, yeah. but we also had Mr. Rogers. That's true. They didn't have Mr. Rogers and Mr. Dress Up. Yeah. Which is, it probably even sounds funny to any of you Americans listening right now, the silly name Mr. Dress Up. Yeah. But, but trust. Yeah. <laughs> it was. He was he was a fa he worked for Mr. Rogers really and uh, he worked from under Mr. Rogers for a while and then came back to do his own show from what he'd learned. Oh, that's amazing! And he was he was a bit of a protege of Mr. Yeah. Rogers. Yeah, absolutely. I know that happened and that completely makes sense. Yeah, because their style was very similar as far <laughs> as they didn't talk down to kids. No. You know, yet they had these very gentle tones, and yeah. they were just—you just felt so comfortable and. And there was a lot of philosophy happy. too. There was like yeah. some subtle philosophy that they would throw in there as oh, well. Oh yeah, well Casey and Finnegan, like yeah. you know, the same way that Mr. Rogers used his puppets, you know, Mr. Dressup did the same thing with the Casey and Finnegan puppets, and then yeah. having to figure their stuff out. You know, we never really found out what Casey was either. 
No. And that was intentional that they made that puppet androgynous and called it Casey. Yeah. And you could just pick, you know, it could be any kid, right? And that was voiced by his wife too, I, I think. Yeah, that's true. That's awesome. She I did she did most of the voices, I think, yeah. too, right? But as far as Spider Man sixty six, yeah. I was in that same boat as you, man. And when I was really drawn as a kid, it was that, and I would beg my grandmother to take me to Jumbo Video in St. Catharines. Oh, wow. Jumbo Video. Yeah. <laughs> and I would rent all the Marvel cartoons. Yeah. Just the old, like, kind of stop motion, like, still animation ones. Oh, like the, like the Jack Kirby where, cutouts. Yes, where they took yeah. all the Kirby cutouts and it's like one around move, and it's, stuff. It's like one, one thing moves in the frame yeah, only. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I started drawing a lot from those. Oh, yeah. That's a good start. And, you know, pause the VCR, actually, and, like, draw stuff that I'd see on there because they were just very simplified versions kind of you know yeah and that was also around the time that how to draw comics the marvel way came out yeah do you remember that uh yeah i do i totally uh, well that must have done something for you then. well i so so here so that itself i would always see ads in comic books for that uh it, it was only until like maybe recently like where i found it on dvd that i like so I discovered it again type of thing oh nice okay it, it, it's because it's a good uh, I think How to Draw the Marvel Way is a really good um, what would I say like you're like your Cole's notes for stuff yes yeah it's kind yeah. of a cool thing if you're kind of like stuck in a bind you kind of just put it on and kind of have that as like your kind of your coach in the background stuff just for being just for kids it was so inspiring yeah like figuring out that there was tech that's what taught me that there was technique. There was a, a, a procedure to be able to improve your art skills. Because up until then, when I was just a little kid, you just figured you practice and get better. No, I like know. The, you get better at drawing what you see in your head, yeah. and it's just it just comes with doing it and doing it and figuring out what it looks like in yeah. your head and drawing it on paper. But it's not like that. And then when you start to learn about the the, the graphs and the cross lines yeah. and perspective and all that, it's it, it it opens your world like you know it's crazy the the thing that kind of i think helped me out uh develop that to, to kind of get in that mindset was two 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 factors um one was the, the wizard wizard guide um had would have these um bart sears would do these um art segments in the wizard guide i don't remember that. bart yeah. sears you know bart sears he uh no. he, he he's one of the original exo man of war he's like probably my favorite oh, okay he's probably right. my favorite exo man of war artist okay. from like the early 90s okay uh and also i got really lucky because um <clears throat> my mom um, she worked at um, at the copy center. This is, it was a photocopying place back in the day in Blur West Village, and one of her um, like customers was um, David Ross. Oh, yeah, perfect, yeah. And so it was, it was so cool. And this this, this I remember this. Um, so she would tell me like, oh yeah, and she would she would give me the photocopy because he would fax his Marvel stuff at the time. So mm -hmm. during that time, he was working on West Coast oh, Avengers. That's cool, man. So, come on. Yeah. yeah. So, so she, she would send me like the, uh, she uh -huh. would come back with like the, um, like after the fax, there's a cop, the copies of the pages. And so I'd see like the, right. the and this, these, this is like months, months before it got released. And oh, I remember, dude, that must've been so awesome to see. Yeah. Like, and it, it was so exciting. And I remember, um, I drew a picture of a superhero. I'm like, okay, mom, mom, give this to him, give this to him. Right. And then, so she gives it to him and then she gives it back to me and it's all these corrections, everything, like basically a paragraph Beside the the drawing, and it was it was really cool because it was one of those things where like it's how like, old were you? I think it was like seven. That young, and he corrected your work. Yeah, yeah and it was it was doing Dave. Yeah, no, but it's a uh, it, it's one of those things where um like because growing up the He's whole such a teacher, right? Yeah, yeah, such a teacher, and he yeah. goes like you got to learn. He goes, uh, you should study anatomy, all those things, and it was like it was kind of this cool thing where um I, I think growing up. Uh, people would tell you like you got to take criticism and uh, or take critiques and that's kind of the way oh, you yeah. can excel and so yeah. that that was that's where I was kind of training myself for that aspect of things okay so with the David Ross thing it was that thing where it's like um, you know you, you, you kind of realize yes okay cool this is what you need, need to do you know like 
it's inspiring if you can take it yeah. as the criticism you know as a critique as it's meant to be it can be so invaluable it's nuts but to a seven-year-old yeah actually i really want to get my hands on his book that and i've been meaning to he put that new book out and uh it's a it's oh then the, it's the, an the, art book but yeah it's very specifically superhero driven and he adds to the whole it's almost like the next evolution of the how to draw Marvel, how to draw comics the Marvel way, because he gets all cylindrical and yeah, it, crazy. It, I believe um, it's. I think the whole concept is not to rely on references. That's like his whole goal. Yes, yeah, yeah because that's what we did as kids. We copied stuff, right? Yeah, you get your new McFarlane Spider-Man cop, and you'd copy it. You know, that's what I did. I copied, copied. I do remember one time though in grade six, when I was in grade six, dude. It was 1989. Okay. <laughs> I'm like 13, 14 years old, okay? And it's the year of the bat. Batman's coming out yeah. soon, right? It was like, what was it, June 13th or June 3rd, I want to say? I, don't, I can't remember exactly, but it was like the summer day. And everybody stoked that entire year through school. And that year, Batman was in fashion. But it wasn't like just one particular Batman shirt or one image or one show or one, sh you know, movie. Well, there was no movies yet, but it was all things Batman. Everybody was wearing Batman in any different varied way they possibly could. Batman was the fashion, not yeah. like just Batman shoes. Like any Batman t-shirt. It didn't matter if it was cool or not. If it had Batman on it, you were cool. <laughs> you know, it was all good. So that comes out and it's, uh, and, my art teacher that year knew a comic book artist. I cannot remember who it was, but it drives me nuts because now I probably know who it was yeah. if I could remember. So I remember it was Mrs. D Miss Dobson, was the art teacher, and she brought this comic guy in to like teach, you know, talk to us because we were all comic crazy. Yeah. All we wanted to do was like the whole art class, all the guys just wanted to draw comics. So brought this guy in, and she had been telling us all year to quit copying shit, you know, and draw our own stuff oh, and yeah. learn how to do it all year long. He comes in, and we're all like, you know, excited, ready to learn. Like the first thing he says is like, "Keep copying, copy, yeah. copy, copy. Draw, draw, draw. It doesn't matter if you're copying or doing it on your own. Like right now, you're you're grade six. Like, draw, 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 draw. And that was the first thing he told us. And we all just like all that summer, we just drew, 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 drew. And then out came the bat. I remember I saw Batman at Aramil's Town Center too. Oh, wow. When it used to have the movies there, right? <laughs> yeah. That, and the movies were there a long time. And I saw it there with my friend George Silva. Sup, George? I know he's listening, but uh, we're still Facebook buddies. But him and I were there, just me and him. And we went, 13 years old. And I remember it's just me and him sitting there. And like we sat like third row from like the very front. You know when you're kids? Yeah. You're like, now I go to the movies and I look at the front row and I'm like, wouldn't even bother. I'd yeah, leave yeah. the theater. Yeah. I'd be there's no way I'll see the screen. But then it was just like, we got to get to the front. And I just remember it, man. And the bat and the whole, remember how the first shot is all flying through the bat logo? Yeah, yeah. And that was it, man. I'll never forget that moment. It was insane. I, I saw I saw Batman at a at a drive-in. That was as a oh, kid. Oh, nice. So that, that was like my memory of the, of Batman. Right, right. Like, Are you Toronto native? Like, uh, So I was born, um, I was born in Toronto and I, I grew up like, I think like, so I grew up um, in the, the Blurrus Village area, like okay. the, like Jane Station area, and I moved to Mississauga like when I was like six. 
Okay. So I I mean I, I wouldn't say when I grew up like Trump, I, I had some experience and some memory in Toronto. Like my I always think it's weird the the pure Toronto kids. Like imagine yeah. growing up all those years like just in the city. Like, yeah, I know. You right? know, like I don't know. It's got to give you such a different perspective. Like when I go to New York, and it's weird. You ever been to New York City? Oh yeah. Is that you know, through, you, yeah. You walk around. And you bet. How many of these people have never like been in a field? Like yeah. a true field, you know, not just like a park or whatever. And some, a lot of these kids growing up in like New York City will never know, like hardly grass and shit. Like it's a weird, weird existence to me, man. Yeah, yeah no, no, I know what yeah. you mean. I know, I know what you mean. Uh, I, I, the one thing I find is weird too with um, like going, when, being in the music scene in Toronto and stuff, um, a lot of the people you meet are people from rural areas. It's like majority of, it's kind of like this weird like expat type of feeling where it's like everyone has, like okay. especially especially during Christmas time, you would notice like if you ever go to like, um, like that's, this is why a lot of people don't plan shows in, in Christmas because everyone's going home to their families. Right. Yeah. And it's yeah. like a it's like a dead zone because like yeah. everyone's from somewhere else, from like a, a either like a place in Al, like a, a right, small town right. in Alberta or something yeah. like that. Or listings. Well, it's fun to see how it's still the same trip. It's still the same thing being in a band who tours and stuff. There's a guy in my complex here, and he's in a band, and he's got a big tour bus out there. Oh wow! And you well, know, and this? I have no idea. I haven't <laughs> talked to him about it, um, but you know his musicians are always coming and going and lugging equipment in and out and they got their big big old van out there that they all pile into and go on their mini tours and i remember back in the day you know going here and there with friends or whatever and uh, it was a trip and you know it reminds me of it a lot now sometimes when we're all tripping around doing these comic cons yeah you know and that's why i'm i try to inspire more canadian artists to get out to visit cons that are at least in other parts of canada if not getting to the states yeah because in the states comic conventions are a whole other beast it's a whole other deal right and uh but i'm getting around to enough now with source point and stuff yeah it's almost got that feel back. Like, you know, coming up, I'm going to Astronomicon. Where's that? Uh, that is in Michigan. That's a great, that's a great name. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> Twisted. You ever heard of Twisted? No. The rap duo? They're oh, like, yeah. So they're they, like the they, clown. They, like, they, have, they have a comic source point, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, got, I, like, I like the artist. Who's the, who's the artist that does that? I like that artist a lot. It's, uh, yeah, oh my God. They're Italians, and I'm so horrible at pronouncing their names. And, uh... It's Marianne and Alejandro, right? Marianne and Alejandro. I may be simplifying those. But yeah, yeah they're Italian. Uh, and they're fantastic. Yeah, it's a fun book. Written by Dirk Manning, of course. And, uh, and why was I talking about it? Oh, so Horse Point pointed uh, Astronomicon. Thing. Yeah, oh yeah, Astronomicon. So it's put on by Twisted, uh, the rap duo from Detroit. They're like juggalos, you yeah. know, with the face and everything. And I met them in New York Comic Con two years ago, and they were super cool, and then I interviewed them and stuff. So they decided to throw a, a con, and it's kind of all in their vibe. So yeah, there's artists there, but it's all like horror comics and horror movies and, you yeah. know, all this all that cool freaky kind of stuff so they decided to throw a show it's just like a little arena show uh out there in michigan and you know Derek and a lot of my friends are going to be there source point will be there so and it's my birthday weekend oh wow cool so i was like you know this sounds like a trip you know not usually my scene but i'm up for anything so let's you know i'm gonna go out there and and give it a shot so we're all gonna be crashing at the home of jason westlake and casey pierce Oh, cool. And, you know, every time we do that, it's got that vibe. It's all just comic artists traveling around, crashing on couches, right? Yeah. No, no, yeah. Nora's great. Yeah, I like, like Nora. Nora's fun, man. Yeah. Uh, volume 2, uh, coming very soon. Brand new artist, Kelly O'Hara. 
oh. will be taking over the art. She's a painter as well. Yeah. So the, it's going to look just as gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, no, Casey's a doll. She's got so much good stuff going on and lots of new stuff like Cirrus. Yeah. yeah that's I, coming out. I, I, uh, I think I, I contributed to the Kickstarter. Oh, nice. So. Edited by Toronto's own Allison O'Toole, yeah. which is exciting. So the source point Northern invasion continues and, you know, we got a lot of stuff we're looking at right now, including <laughs> yours has been on the pile. Yours is something that, you know, a lot of people have been talking about because Paperhead is a trip, man. Thanks. It's it, going for that. Uh, uh, give it your pitch because I can't, I feel like I can't describe it without kind of spoiling it. So, so I kind of figured the best way I can describe it is it's about making a comic book while being inside that comic book that you're making. And it's fourth and fifth wall breaking. Yeah. 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 It keeps going and going. Yeah. And it's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what inspired this? Uh, basically. So it's a couple of things. Um, I was kind of going through something at the time. And uh, it's just a bunch of things kind of happened all at once. And I was looking at, um, I, I, I committed to the Mississauga Combat Expo and I wanted to I wanted to make it a goal to do something there. Like this. And what year was this? This is this is this year. This year, yeah. okay. Right. So I just finished uh, all of this right. uh, for the TCAP and everything and I wanted to kind of have something for that. And um, I was just kind of like in this weird state where I was like, um, like these, these are kind of things in my mind and I kind of wanted to, um, I was kind of like, so, so the funny thing about making that comic book was like, it's kind of like, it's almost very meta in a certain way because I was kind of going through that while making the comic book itself. Right. So right. there's, there's layers upon layers in this whole thing because right. it's about a guy making a comic book. And so, and it's kind of, this was, this was my way of kind of like, um, of channeling all my like, uh, anxiety and everything. Good. Yeah. And just, uh, basically having something to show for it at the end. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, like we were talking earlier before recording, it's good to take something and make something yeah. out of it, especially when it's coming from life or pain or experience or whatever. Like, don't just waste that in a way. You know, you're living, even if it's the dark stuff. Yeah. Use that. Don't waste anything. You know. Yeah, and I, and I feel eat like, the whole animal. Eat yeah, the whole buffalo. The whole buffalo. Right. There you go. Yeah, yeah. 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 Red yeah. bird. Yeah. yeah I remember yeah. that. Um, yeah. It, it was that was the element too. And so what I be, what it's it's kind of weird how it's made. It was, I, I kind of describe it as a Frankenstein process because um, a bunch of the stuff that that it's made of are, are from previous pages that I've started in the past. So I've had this problem before. before so me trying to get into comic books, I had this um, anxiety issue of kind of like, you know, that whole idea of like, it's not perfect. You you, you do five pages and you get discouraged and you, you don't finish it. And so I had a bunch of these random comic books that I started in the past and I looked at it and I'm like, you know, like, I can see something in this thing, so I I spent a whole month putting these pages together, and then and then I was I was drawing in between pages and changing panels, so it just became this cohesive story. That's or, cool, man. Cohesive, cohesive. Yeah. In, I use that word generally, but like uh, it just kind of comes together in that sense. So it's actually like Paperhead is actually like the origin of like three comic books put together. That's kind that. of another Buffalo example in the way that you didn't just start fresh. You took everything you'd done yeah. from something else and didn't waste it. You took yeah. it and created it into something else. Cause you're kind of fairly new to the scene. Yes. You know, so it was like without getting into whatever you were going through, was that the catalyst? Was that where you were like, you know what? I'm going to make comic books. And yeah. It, it was this make thing. Make this happen. It's funny because, because the experience of drawing it at the time or like the, the months when I was working on it, I was, um, I, I felt I was in a state of like, my body was separate from my mind where I, I felt like, I didn't have the passion at the time while doing it, but my mind was going like, you know, like finish this. Trust me, you'll feel better at the end. Right. So, so all the all the stuff I feel about Paperhead when was after when it's all finished, when it's all put together. But it was like this disciplined thing of myself where, um, uh, 
there's a philosophy I just that I recently learned is like better better done than perfect. Yeah. Philosophy. Yes. <laughs> wow. And I think a lot of people. I think that like that's a way of trying to get through stuff. Like you know, like, fucking. Yeah. I just got scolded with that little nugget uh, very recently by Mr. Dirk Manning. Oh. When we were discussing uh, a potential something, and he just he said that squared to me. Done is better than perfect. And I was just like, ah, yeah, I gotta get off my ass and make some shit happen. Yeah. But that's how it always is. There's so much going on too. Sometimes it's hard to streamline. You know, it's no, I know. Uh, having stuff going around. So, so yeah. So then, like, who do you meet? Who do you talk to? That you, you know, what was your first show? Because okay, so, so I'll I'll give the credit to um getting back to comic books would be um. Uh, Suzanne Alyssa Andrew. She's okay, a, yeah. she's um she's an a published author. Uh, she wrote a book called uh, Circle of Stones. Okay. And um, is she Toronto as well? She she well yeah she she's, okay. she lives she lives now in BC but um she was a a Toronto person and um we both met because at the music scene because she's a she was a bassist for another band. Okay. And um we had a we had you know we had we had that in common and um we wanted to contribute um, a story for the Toronto Comics Anthology. Okay. And so yeah. we, we tried to submit an idea. They're such a great entry yeah. into the world, aren't they? Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it, it was a great way. But what happened was, um, I think our story wasn't like Toronto-centric enough and that stuff. So it didn't get passed, but we're like, let's make a comic book of this anyways. And let's just sure. let's release in TCAF. Um, but I managed, to, I managed to still do a piece for Toronto Comics Anthology at the same time. So, okay. so when I kind of when I first kind of debuted in comic books, I mean, well, uh, last year, I like I had the the five page piece and the right. comic book, all of this for TCAF. Right, that's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah, Toronto Comics Anthology. It not only is it you know an amazing product, but it is such an amazing door to have there to open for you know anybody. Yeah, they're they're the most transparent organization in comic books. Yeah, it's their expenses are always published themselves, and they're you know. They do amazing things because, I mean, right from the very announcement of open meetings for pitches and, you know, they have an open meeting and anybody can drop by. It's usually at, I think, the Leslie Library. Is that a thing? I think there's like a, I don't know. Uh, But um, they meet at a library downtown and, you know, anybody can go and pitch what they got, Yeah. you know. And every year they try to go with new folks, Yeah. which is cool too because it just keeps the chances higher of new kids getting a chance to do it, obviously. But so many cool people have come out of there. And many cool things have, like, continued from there, you know. Like, stories that were written, I know other things are, you know, now being inspired by those, right? And um. I, I worked with um, I did Andrew Stevens um, story right, right. Re- really nice dude um, like it, it was really great also too because well lead editor as yeah. well right this is his baby this yeah. is what Andrew's been pouring himself into for so long he taught know? me a lot he taught me a lot like that yeah. whole process of of doing the um, five page um, actually like I use that structure now it's, it was kind of cool like just the way they do it it's, it's kind of cool they, I think the what they also do is they slowly teach they're, they're, they teach the artists who are breaking in oh yeah how to yeah. create create they like hold a, your hand through yeah. the whole damn thing yeah yeah absolutely and then like you were saying online they post their finances yeah like after a show they're like hey we sold this much we made this much printing's costing this much yeah. blah 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 and wasn't the last one i think the first time ever they were able to send a little money back 
Oh, as in like, like painting the artist? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I think it was, the, was it the first year or last year? But I know recently, yeah, they got to a point where they could actually, you know. That was great. Yeah. When, yeah. when, I, when I got the, because they had an option, would you like direct deposit or would you like a paycheck? I'm like, I want a paycheck. Because <laughs> I wanted to like scan it and have like, yeah, you know, like, of like course. The, the first time you gain paid to yeah, the envelope. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. this is like great. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, they're great for that. So, you know, I'm sure lots of cool other artists. So what's your first show that you do? The first show that I did was uh, TCAF. That's crazy you got into there. So yeah. So quick and easy. Did you know somebody? No, <laughs> it, well, it, it wasn't quick and easy. So the whole, the whole process, we didn't, when we first applied, we were on the waiting lists. Uh, because uh, we basically like hustled in the sense that we we got an ash. Like how many books did you have at that time? Oh uh, no, we were pu- we pushed one book right now. Just the one. Okay. But but also um, we also got huge help because uh, we shared a table with Matt Daly. Are you familiar with them? Oh, Matt Daly. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, don't tell me. Don't tell me. It, his weird graphic art style book. Yeah. And what's it called? I can't remember what it's called. I have it, and it's fucking amazing. I love it. He's he's a he genius. He is a trip, man. Yeah. He is out there. Yeah. Fucking, I hate that I can't remember. I'm going to have to amend that, tell you guys later. No, he, he has a lot of projects. This yeah. comic book is, you have to, there's no words, but there's a story, but it's done in a weird graphic art style that's very shapely and retro and, and, yet modern. There's also an MP3. There's also a, um, a link to a track that if you listen to the track while reading it, it goes in sync. What? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. That's crazy. He's uh, no, he's. He, I didn't know he did that part yeah. too. I've, you got to really pay attention to figure out the story and look at all the little details yeah. going on. Yeah, yeah. Why is it pissing me off that fucking I can't remember? Because <laughs> it's right. You know what? I don't care. I can edit this out later. Sure. I gotta look. We can't knock in props when we're talking about it like that. <laughs> <laughs> but I wouldn't know what I'm looking for, though. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, are, are those katana blades sharpened? The top ones. Like sharpened like an actual, like like you can actually like cut like a You probably couldn't do tree. a hair. Aerodynamic. Yeah. Yeah, no, this one, these guys are like those display ones, but this guy is nice and folded and bound properly, and I got a, a Highlander replica upstairs. What, what started first, the, uh, this or the lightsabers? What? Say, the lightsabers or the, the katanas? What the, comes first? What came first, yeah, with the collection. These guys. Yeah. Oh, the lightsabers came first, absolutely. They're my babies. That, and, and those are the retro ones, right? Those ones are retro. Those are 1983. Those are Return of the Jedi. Yeah. That guy up there is the very... See behind Vader's helmet? Yeah. That's the very first one ever. That's 1977. Nice. And that came with a blow-up balloon, like a white balloon that stuck on the end that I can't find. And they're very rare, but I have to find it to complete that one. Then I have... See that droids one right there? Yeah. That's my pride. That's 1981 droids cartoon lightsaber. And that's worth a lot of money. I shouldn't be telling people that because it's in my home. <laughs> you, you know what's crazy? That's, that's my pride and joy. That's very rare. Was lightsaber ever in the droids cartoon though? No. <laughs> Which is it? Well, I, there was like I think there might have been like a cutting tool thing or something at one point, but uh, no. Plus, you see how it's green and on the box is purple. The green one was harder to get too. It's in great condition too. Oh wow! But I have to. 
I have to dust. Things have gotten dusty. I, I remember watching droids and always like excited that possibly like like Luke Skywalker would guest star or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, th- well, the best we ever got was Boba Fett. I think Boba Fett oh, showed interesting. up on there. Yeah, uh, but we. I just want to mention by Matthew Daly and Corey McCallum, Errol Errol Dynamic, E R R O L dynamic as in like a name you know but yeah this book is a trip kids you all gotta check it out matt's yeah. uh, super i met matt at the mississauga comic expo oh yeah like two years ago or something like that and uh he's also a kaiju expert too oh is he like he's to, to a point where he's like a scholar like if, really like i i one day uh wish there was like a university that would accredited him his right his right yeah, yeah. I deserve that for lightsabers, man. So I know I know what that's. Uh... He has this great he has this great um, art piece of uh, kaiju's from A to Z, and it's like an alphabet poster that has like uh, all the kaiju's like grafted into that. Right, like right. Whole history. Here comes Shane Heron. But I met Matthew Daly and realized that Toronto's full of talented dailies. Yeah. And I was like, Sean Daly, did you meet Matt Daly? And then they <laughs> met, and I got to introduce the Dailies, and it was super cool because they they're both talented as fuck, right? I, I think I asked you if they were related. I was like, I th- yeah, a lot of people have asked me actually, and was like, no, because I've known Sean for years. I've known Sean since I started this show. Yeah, and that's when me and Sean met like eight years ago. But I only met Matt like two years ago, and it turns out everybody knew him. That's why I love this this community. Yeah, because there's it's endless talent and fame in a way. Like we have such top talent here working for all the big books. Oh man, like Raid, yeah, Raid opening up. Oh, again. and then don't even mention like forget Raid. Just just think Dave Ross and not only Dave Ross's work, but he's a teacher, Max the Mutt and stuff. Right? Yeah. Then you got Ty Templeton. Yeah, Ty, Ty Templeton teaching the Ty Templeton comic book boot camp. Like, and then you've got Ken Lashley, who's constantly trying to be as inspiring as he can be. We have a ridiculous amount of top tier inspiration going around right yeah and then you've got the jim zubs yeah and the adam gorham's and you, valentine's landro like, yeah like. and that's without talking about raid and yeah. then you throw raid in the mix ramon perez in the family it's like it, it's 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 really not right it's like we should send a bunch of our artists to other places <laughs> cool, just yeah. to like get, you know just spread out the like mormons a bit. like, like yes. comic mormons yes just yeah. just thin toronto's because it's ridiculous you know but i mean we're lucky because of the education here and the opportunities sheridan college it's like the greater toronto area was made to make comic book artists yeah you know all the way back to toronto born joe schuster yeah, right? right? I know. You know, how the mind that helped make the Superman started in Toronto and it is building ever since. I mean, that's a, that's a fair way of saying, like, yeah, it started there. That Absolutely. Makes sense. Yeah, you know, totally. like, you know, I mean, I know he didn't stick around too long and stuff, but I mean, his whole family. Do you remember Wayne and Schuster? Oh, yeah. That was his cousin. Oh, yeah. Frank Schuster and him were cousins. And I got that confirmed by Ty Templeton himself. Because I'd always heard that rumor, but I wasn't sure. Yeah. And Ty, I'm pretty sure his parents knew them. Like, they would come to Ty's house oh, so for, cool. like, you know, dinner and shit. Wow. You know? So, you know, I think he told me he even asked them once. But when I asked Ty, Ty said, oh, yeah, absolutely. They were cousins. Wow, that's amazing. And I'm like, that's insane, the history in this city. You yeah, know? it's a, it's a, it's a kind of cool lineage or, like, you know, like a, like a, some role, some aspect of Canadian royalty in some way. It really is, you know? It's, uh, it's nuts. And then there's the hometown quality of, like, I just had Adam Gorham on the show and we met up and recorded at Altered States Comics down the street here. Yeah. 
You know, da- Dave and Doug been around for almost 30 years. And that's Ty's LCS. I mean, that's Mississauga old school. I've been going there since I was like 12, 13 years old. So Ma- the fact that yeah. I can get another guy who goes to my comic shop who's drawing Marvel comics yeah. and the new fucking mutants, I'd be like, hey, you want to meet up at fucking Altered States and pot? You know? <laughs> Just sit on the back couch and chat. It's... We're spoiled as shit, man. We are. I, I always see Adam at the Costco. <laughs> Do you really? We shop at the same Costco. <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like it's so funny because like you, no because like like um because I, I I I knew Adam through online stuff and I would I would always call I would always contact him for like art advice like hey like yeah. uh, what do you use for this what kind of br- uh, brush pen do you use for your, for this thing and he'll yeah. give me like he'll reply to me and, and give me some like you know some tips. And then I finally like met him. I think at uh, Gotham Central, and it was kind of cool. Like, oh, you, right you know, nice, nicest dude. And then like yeah. I just randomly bump into him like in Walmart, Square One, or Costco, or in these places. That's you know, cool, man. You know, he's always yeah. with his family and stuff like that. So I don't want to disturb him and those things. But but yeah, it was like. Well, well he's well, such a sweet guy. Yeah, man. and he's so mellow and just chilled. It was a fun podcast to do because we just sat on the back couch at all three states and just talked about whatever. By the way, if we end up mentioning anything or going in any topics that you and Aaron Broverman talked about, yeah. make sure you speak up so we can just go right the other way. Okay. Okay? <laughs> sure. Fuck. Fuck you, Aaron. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm joking. It's. I'm really actually excited to hear it. Yeah. Because I've been on the show. and uh, That's kind of cool. It's kind of crossovers, right? I was, yeah. I was on one of the early episodes of Speech Bubble because you want to hear the cool story of how it happened? Are you familiar with Alice Quinn? Yes. Uh, Alice Quinn. Uh, heavily involved in the Toronto comic book community for years, and she was doing at the time. She was doing a lot of like journalism. And she stuff. she was she was at your uh, she was at your uh, the the part after party for Fan Expo. Was she? Was she there? I don't know. Glasses, short brown hair girl. She doesn't have glasses. Okay, I'm the wrong person. So, yeah, you might be thinking the wrong person. Yeah. So, uh, who were you just talking about? Alice Quinn. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Wait, does she, Alice have glasses? No, I don't think she wears glasses. You might be thinking Alice and O'Toole. No, 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 I know it Because you know, I yeah, can tell you know Alice. Yeah, yeah. Okay, anyways, maybe you do. I can't remember. She, yeah, yeah. Anyways, not, not pertinent okay, yeah, to no. this Sorry. conversation. Yeah. So I am online, and I see Aaron has Alice on his show, which is super awesome, right? Alice is great. Or No, she does. I don't know. But it was a post talking about how Alice is great, blah, blah, blah. And pretty much she's been like the only media champion or something of comic book you know, Ness in Toronto or whatever, giving the people a voice. And I could not help but chime in. <laughs> and I commented and I said, first of all, Alice is wonderful. She's done great things to support and promote the Toronto comic book community. But <laughs> she is not the only one. Okay. <laughs> Cause at the time, you know, I was like six, seven years into the show. I had to be like, I have been giving you assholes a platform to voice your opinions for years. Yeah. I'm not letting you get away with that, Aaron. So Aaron was like, well, then come on my fucking show. I was like, all right. It sounds like Aaron. <laughs> I'll come on your fucking show. So I did. And we had a lovely time because I love not being the host once in a while. Like yeah. When I can, when I get grilled, but no, but if it's conversation like this, yeah, it, it's not either way, but I like being interviewed. I like it. If someone's sitting there and asking me questions, like just one after another. And one question is leading into a deeper question on whatever subject. And it was fun. And I had an absolute blast doing it. So then I had him on my show and I did it to him. 
because we hung out at the Sidekick, you know, the Sidekick yeah. Comic Cafe. Awesome place, yeah. Everybody needs to go to the beaches and check out the Sidekick. It's 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 amazing. Comic I, was, book I, I, cafe. I was sketching doing some work there. Like I I would go there just um just to work sure. on stuff. Oh yeah, just hang out there. What go. a great hangout! Plus you can get your books there, and I've potted from there many times. Lots of shows have been recorded from the Sidekick. Well, you know, not lots, but like four or five. Maybe I say. So I met up with Aaron there. We did three hours. Nice. We, you know the two chairs that are kind of just when you first walk in the door right to the right? There's oh, yeah, two yeah. chairs yeah. right there. We sat in those chairs <laughs> and went for three fucking hours, man, and just talked about so much. So I was like, okay, where were you born? What was your first fucking word? <laughs> you know, all that kind of shit, right? So, but it was it ended up being so super cool. I put it out in two parts, I think. But, you know, Aaron's great. He's good times. Well, so. Would you compare that crossover to, like, Heat with uh, Bici- uh, Al Pacino and Robert De Niro meeting each other? Like, the kind of... Would you call it that equivalent? No, or, just because of the lack of tension in yeah. the air, you know? Because I've been, you know, I I was happy. Because for a long time, I felt like I was the only one. Because there were, uh, you know, a couple other shows. We Got the Geek was around kind of doing their thing. And Geek Hard was doing their thing. But there wasn't as much as going on now. No, I mean, like eight years ago, podcasting as big as it was getting was nowhere near what it's become. So I would just, you know, it was a couple years into the show. I decided to start because I was already going to Fan Expo. I've been going to Fan Expo for like fucking 15, 16 fucking years. I, re- I remember, I remember going to Fan Expo when like Dale Keon was like the the, yeah. ma- the major yeah. like was like yeah. the headliner act, and I remember like paying paying five dollars for yeah. tickets. I think my first <laughs> Fan Expo. Like for the pit. We need the pit. Maybe not 15. 2006, I think. 2005 or 6 would have been my first fan expo, I think. So however long that is, maybe 13, 14. It's been a long fucking time. But, so the, expo, the one I went to before wasn't, I think it evolved. You into, went before the evolvement, yeah. didn't you? I, I, went, I went when it was done when it was in a hotel. It was in a hotel yeah, like yeah, lobby. Yeah. I remember that. That's going back, man. Yeah. That's in the days of the Toronto Convention Wars because like Paradise Comics and all that shit that went down. This, this might be even way before that, possibly. I'm, this, is, this is like, like yeah. 1990. Like, this is like, I was like a kid. Like I remember, I remember this, this, is, this is how old it was. I remember seeing... A sneak peek of Ninja Turtles 2 Secret of the Use. Nice. <laughs> this is this is before like trailers and stuff. Like before yeah, like so yeah. they would have like a VCR, I guess, of like demo reels or something. Like that. Yeah. I don't know how to explain, but did you see the B- Ghostbusters teaser? T- oh yeah. Ghostbusters 3. You mean like the, oh. the wind thing? Oh come on. The music that was the original score. Yeah. Playing and then you see the thing, and then when you hear the fucking power pack at the end. <laughs> I was like, oh, and I got all giddy, man. So who, who, who's... who's oh, yeah, we'll go I don't know. We yeah. don't know anything. Yeah, I, know. I haven't heard a fucking <laughs> thing. All I know is it's being directed by Jason Reitman. Yeah. Ivan's son is going to make it. That's all I fucking know. I think that's all anybody knows. Yeah. Which is insane, right? Oh, I couldn't get through. I'm sorry. I... I tried to get into that Ghostbusters. The new one? Yeah, because, I, yeah. because you know, I didn't want to not get into it because it was women or anything, because that's stupid. Yeah. It was just a shitty movie. I, I personally liked it, though. I, 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 liked it, I couldn't get through it. Yeah. I Maybe I'll try again one day when I'm stoned and bored on the couch on a Sunday afternoon, but I couldn't I couldn't get into it. I couldn't feel it, you know? I, I was a big fan of... Uh, have you seen the movie Spy with... Uh, no, I haven't seen that, that, that one. That's a great Melissa movie. McCarthy? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Melissa yeah. McCarthy with uh, Paul, Paul Feig. Because you never good. think that those remakes are ever going to be good, but then sometimes you can get blown away because the new Vacation... Did you see the new oh, Vacation no, no. with what, Ed what, Helms? Is that... Uh, 
So it's great. That one? It's amazing. Yeah. I put it on par with the first vacation. Oh, wow. That's how fucking funny it is. And I will fight anyone <laughs> who wants to fight about it because I, it is, it was, it's one of those fucking movies. It's Ed Helms and Christina Applegate. Yeah. And it's funny from beginning to end. And it's not in the vibe of like an eighties movie. It's done like uh, it should be. They made a modern comedy and didn't try to recreate anything. Yeah. They went kind of just did it their kind of thing with what would have been the experiences of their family trip. Cause it's just, you know, growing up rusty trying to take his family to Wally world. Yeah. And unfortunately, uh, spoilers kids, if you haven't seen it yet, but in the middle, they go see grand, the grandparents who are Chevy. Oh, cool. And, uh, you see the bring you know, it back Beverly and Chevy Chase is seen as sad. He tries to do like a bunch of Pratt falls and like Chevy oh. stuff and it hurts because the rest of the movie is so fucking funny. Yeah. You've got this forced cameo in the middle that just is not. It would have been nicer if they just made it like a sweet moment with maybe a tiny little joke. Yeah. But Chevy has this guitar and he starts smashing it into like the fucking glass case. It just, it felt so fucking forced oh, and sucks. awful and sad and not funny. Yeah. You know, but the rest of the movie, please, people see this fucking movie. It's I'll, so good. I'll say this. Chevy was great in Community. I thought he was, he was like, I tried. I couldn't get super into the show. I mean, I watched, like we tried the first season, but we were more Parks and Rec people. You know, I it's, love it in this It's house. funny, my, my kids are down. We're getting to that now. It's we, so yeah. funny. Stick with it, dude. Yeah. So we just started F is for Family. Bill Burr's cartoon oh, on man. Netflix. Yeah. It's one of the greatest fuck things I've ever seen. <laughs> it really is. Have you watched it? I, I, I watched it. Yeah, I've been watching it here there. I, like, I love... Um, wow. Just like, like yeah, just, just the, his take on... Because I think it's loosely based off his dad. It totally thing. is. And yeah. It's, like a, it's life in the dad. 70s. To yeah. hear a dad yelling at his kid saying, I'm going to put you through that fucking wall. Yeah. It's so relieving to hear. But beyond <laughs> it being fun that way and being nostalgic for when people weren't so sensitive it's just that it's fucking funny yeah like the jokes in it are just top level shit i think it won some emmys for voice performances yeah uh because it's like laura dern yeah which is and which shit, was it's awesome fucking crazy man. like once you're laura dern like wow like they're yeah they're they're really serious about this yeah. one because i you know that it's bringing me back for laura dern because yeah. I've been disappointed in Laura Dern because she had involvement in The Last Jedi. Oh, yes, yes. You know, which in, in a horrible way. She was <laughs> one of the major fucking problems. Well, she wasn't. Her character was. You know, so I can't hold it against yeah. Laura Dern. But, you know, she's fully back in my good graces now that she's been on F is for Family. Because it's, it's, it's wonderful, man. It's so fucking good. So, you're a musician, too. Yes. And has that been a lifelong thing? Well, it's been since since high school. So, for, for me, um, yeah, it's one of the, like, I, I, I wouldn't like say... Like, were you a music kid in school? Like, did you take music classes, no, like, in I, high school? No, I, I went to... So, no, I, I took the art direction in, in school. Um, and I, I guess for high school, I, t I took some guitar class as well. Like, they, they offered it for, yeah, like, night school and guitar. stuff. Yeah, they had guitar. Well, yeah. ours had... We had guitar yeah. course you could just take Yeah, you could I was see, going, yeah. Like, for us, you the music room, you can sign out a guitar, and then you just, like... Home. So, I, I learned guitar a little bit that way, and... Um, I was I was in a high school band and like we were playing shows in like like Streetsville like local shows and stuff right, like that. Right, right. Um, now would this be like the local rock scene, hardcore scene, punk scene? Where would you guys have fallen into? We were so I guess would be this was during the so they called it I remember like online it was like the nine oh five emo punk pop punk scene type of thing. So this is nice. this was like when like um 
back in the day when like I think Billy Talent was Pez. Um, really? We, we played with uh, we played back with, when was, Finger Eleven. Yeah. See, my day was you see your generation like well, it's not that yeah. far off. It's like five years or whatever. But you guys talk about how they used to be Pez. Where my crew used to talk about how Finger Eleven used to be rainbow fucking butt, butt monkeys. monkeys right? I remember that. Because I remember when they played yeah. fucking Burlington because they were all tight with New Day Rising and all that shit. Yeah, Bur- Burlington. So back then, Burlington was really big back then too for us because a lot of bands from Burlington were getting signed to like Vagrant Records. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We, we played, I remember Sonic Lodge, we played with uh, Death from Above at the time too. We, oh, we that's the, right. And then like, the year, like a year later, yeah. they... Boom, they became huge. Yeah, 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 yeah. Same thing, I mean, fucking, what's her name? Alexis on fire. Yeah. Like, St. Catharines. The best thing to ever come out of St. Catharines is fucking me, right? <laughs> like, you know, I can't believe that, uh, well, actually, that's not true. You ever heard of Big Rude Jake? Like, blues swing singer, no, kind of a no, loungy no. blues kind cool, of guy. Cool name, and, oh, yeah, he's fucking... Oh, they're fucking fantastic. And he's, I think he lives in Hoboken now, but he's from St. Catharines. Yeah. And yeah, totally fucking cool. Christmas Story, filmed in St. Catharines. Oh, nice. Yeah, you know, the flag licking scene. That's fucking insane. Oh, is, is there like an actual pole licking? Is there a plaque that, like, in that scene? I don't think there's a plaque, but there? I'm pretty sure the pole's there. They should they should keep that. They, should, they yeah. should make that like a historical landmark. They totally, yeah. Like, they should just keep a that. A protected heritage pole. Yeah, it's like, just <laughs> Well, keep... it's on a school, right? So I guess the school maybe. Actually, that's not true. Willow Glen down the street, my primary school that I went to. When I first moved here from St. Catharines here to Mississauga in the Hope 5G, uh, I went to Willow Glen for grade three, four, and five before I went to Hillside. Yeah. And now it's gone. They tore it down last year. Oh, wow. And it's so fucked up to have your primary school gone. <laughs> like, gone. Like, I go there. It's a big, empty field. Yeah. And it's weird because they had, like, a courtyard in the school, and there was a tree in there. And when they took the school down, they managed to save that tree. And that tree is now in the middle of a field. Oh, wow. That used to be in the courtyard of the school that was fucking around it. Do, do you visit? It's fucked up, how, man. how often do you visit that tree? Not as often as I should. Yeah. But, you know, maybe I should soon. But it's hard, too, because there used to be a little convenience store on the way there. And that's where I got my beef patties. Oh, yeah. They were the greatest beef patties in the world because this convenience store had... One of those, uh, you know, the ovens that they cook them in. Yeah. But they'd been using the same one for like thirty fucking years. Oh, so it has. So it it's was like just the flavor. Full it's with, like a, yeah, it's like an iron 30, pot. Yeah, thirty yeah. years of fucking flavor and just beef pattiness, right? Plus, they had a secret place where they got them. Like they got them from some because you know there's different suppliers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their supplier was easily the best because I've never had beef patties that fucking good. And, yeah, and that, I miss them because because I'm I'm only and I maybe maybe I'm, this is me being too mainstream, but I'm a big fan of the Patty King. Like that brand, that was always a good one for me. Um, well, yes, because well, there's two Patty Kings. There's a brand Patty King. Yeah, and there's a place I think in in, in Kensington. Kensington. Yeah, I was just a Golden Patty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There. No, I don't want to. I want to make sure I don't mix those up. Because <laughs> Patty King, those are the ones you buy in the boxes. I've had those. Yeah. Is that what you're talking? Yeah, about? I, I think that was, that was like probably like the better of the like you know. The, I don't know. They didn't ever cooked well for me. They were too thick and hard to thaw. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but. Uh, the well, the golden patent Kensington market. I want to go there and buy like a box. Yeah, like, I had like two last time I was there recently, and it was there when we were buying the uh, dweller in the cellar outfit for the cauldron Kickstarter. Oh, cool. Which wait till you fucking guys see because I fucking lost my mind recording that fucking video. Um, <laughs> 
I, I like the first volume too. The first one was great. Called the first me. one was okay. This one is steps it up hardcore. Oh, we, oh, your we, oh your video, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go, oh, you mean the first Cauldron? The, oh yeah, yeah it's yeah. a great magazine, yeah, great. and they got so much cool shit coming. I can't even tell you because yeah. they are doing this. It's a, this brand that branded world in a way they're making. I, th- you know? I think I saw. I think a, a certain writer posted something that uh, they're going to be involved with it. Casey yes. Pierce. <laughs> I was trying to. I was trying yeah. to. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't know. You're trying to be subtle. Trying to be subtle, like the, I know absolutely. Casey's writing a short story for it, which will have an illustration by uh, the Madman himself, Mad Aaron Ong. Oh, cool. Which is uber duper cool. Yeah. Uh, because you know, they're both rad, awesome people, and it's just you know, I love. That's. I think the proudest thing I was able to do, if anything, with this podcast was uniting the clans of Michigan and Ontario and helping to bring a stronger bridge from these two communities. Because I got big in Michigan first. (laughs) And it was because of my friendship with Drunk on Comics, a podcast out there. Uh, Tony McKay... Is it exactly what it sounds like? Kevin, um, yeah. They would sit around every like, Sunday morning and drink their hangovers away and get drunk again and talk about fucking comics. That's cool. Uh, then Derek moved on to start his show, which is Comic Pros and Cons. I don't know if you've heard of that guy. That's a show you should get on. Yeah. I'll talk to Derek. You should get on that show because um, Derek's great to talk to. But it's all about conventions and professionals and stuff, you know? So uh, that grew out of that. So I, like five... Five, six years ago, I think five years ago, I they invited me out to Michigan and to go to Motor City Comic Con and hang out with them. So I went out there and fell in love with every human being I've fucking met. Like, I love fucking Michigan from the day one I went there. These people are lovely. Yeah. They're Canadians with a little bit more crazy. <laughs> and Michigan's a wonderful place. It's the one place in America I've been where I feel most like I'm home. Yeah. Actually, except maybe New York City, to be honest. Wow. Because uh, Toronto's good training for fucking New York City, man. Of anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's like New York mega light kind of thing. So I went out there and hung out and met everybody and, and just fell in love with so many people and became tight with so many people. Source Point Press got, you know, heavily supported them over the years and was doing the same thing back here at home. So it was a matter of me just starting to shoot off my mouth to like Travis McIntyre, like, you know, bring out Source Point, you guys got to come, you know, and bugging everybody that they got to come over here and then bugging everybody that they got to start going out and finally getting like Shay, uh, A. Shea Han, Anthony Rutgazer out to Motor City, getting... Uh, yeah, R- Rutgazer, he's cool too. I, I got his uh, his latest uh, book. Was it Who's Hero- that? Say yeah. Rutgazer? Yeah, yeah. I got uh, his... Uh, the his first hero. Well, the latest he- one is Heroes of Homeroom C. Yeah, with I got, I got Twin that. kids? Yeah, yeah. That's a great one. Yeah, no, it's great. I've known Anthony... For, I knew Anthony in wrestling. He's wrestling years. No, pre any of this, like comic books or anything, because I work. I met Anthony through friends that I worked with in the tree industry back in like 2001 or two. <laughs> yeah, long fucking time before either of us were doing all wow, this that, shit. That's right? a, that, that's a crazy like. Yeah, um, we're pre friends to all this, these friendships. <laughs> he, right? he 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 knows your, he knows your tree life basically. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because uh, you know, so and got Shay and Sean Daly out to Philadelphia. And everybody's, you know, had great times. So now Source Point's been, you know, inching in over the years, getting the foot in. Now they're solidly here after a few years. And now there's stuff being made. Yeah. I saw the now trailer. comics are resulting. In movies. Well, that had already been a comic written. But now because of 
since this crossover and trying to get people to be friends and introducing and schmoozing as much as I possibly fucking could. Yeah. Now there is a Canadian contingency within Source Point Press. Yeah. And people have met each other and the people I knew would love each other have and now they're working together and creating awesome fucking shit. It's cool because even like Alison O'Toole is now working with Casey now, right? Absolutely. Editing Sirius uh, and, you know, fucking... Uh, all the kids involved in Cauldron, and it's it's super rad. So Morte, well, that's another thing I'm super proud of is that Morte, remember, uh, yeah, Kevin remember. Joseph and Dave Bishop. Yeah, Kevin heard Dave Bishop on my show, and was like, I like this guy, and like what he's saying. So he checked him out, and then he knew uh, like this is the guy to do this book with, right? Yeah. So I, they know this, and I fully take all ass <laughs> credit for the existence of Morte. Yeah. Uh, and who wouldn't? Because it's gold. It's genius. Have you read it? Not yet. I'm getting started. Oh, started. dude, I might have a copy here for oh, you. Awesome. I think. Cool. I think I have some more days here. I gotta check in in the source point corner. My part of my basement, part of the L5J Studios, has now become uh, the Source Point Press Canadian warehouse, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so we got them boxes back there. Um, but yeah, just super proud, man. And then it was weird because you know Devin Wong, yes, writer it- of Wretched Things. I didn't know Devin. Devin won the Top Cow Prize. Through that, got connected with Source Point Press. Wow. And made this Wretched Things book with Ken Perry. And and through that, I found out he was from Toronto. It was like a post on Facebook <laughs> or something. And I was like, wait a minute. You're here? And he's like, yeah, man. And I it's, thought he was just another Michigan guy. I thought he was just another part. He's, it's, it was it, bro- it's basically your story. It's basically like he's he's basically you discovering the yes, same way people discover yes, you. Yes, it's fucked up, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and because there's like Source Point has grown fast, man. Yeah. Like it's gone from like a stable of like six or seven people to like a fucking hundred, literally. Like there's so many people. There's a group thing on online that everybody's a part of. And I can't keep track of who the fuck everybody is at this point. <laughs> I mean, I've been there for a long time. Like, yeah. You know, I just released the classic cut episode with Travis from years ago. Yeah, I heard that was a great one. Yeah, that was just the beginning of yeah. all this shit happening, right? So now it's crazy to see. And it all comes from a fucking podcast. It yeah. all comes because I hit record and just kept fucking talking, right? Well, I mean, things, right? I, wait, that, sorry. I don't mean at all. I don't mean all this thing. All these things yeah. I just mentioned do not exist <laughs> solely because of an elegant weapon. I don't want to give that. I'm <laughs> trying to give that like, kind you know, of big just a little disclaimer there. Uh, I'm just the guy who yeah. likes to introduce people yeah. and loves what he loves, and that's who I am, right? Like, you know, it's what I love to do. And there's got to be a host to that party, you know. And there's got to be that thing because there are so many creators who don't have a voice. No, they don't. You know, and they don't have a way to connect. And they're shy because yeah. in this industry, there's a lot of shyness. There's well, a lot of introvertedness. Yeah, right? I think so because I think that the habits kind of encourage that in a certain way because again like you can be locked sure. up your in your in your uh in your studio and just drawing um i'm, I'm trying a new thing now where um i want it like and this is a kind of a way to force myself to finish things is uh i will contact so contact artists so like for instance with shane um with paperhead i contacted him and we just like hung out at his place and i met christopher yao there as well yeah yeah and yeah. Uh, he's got a very special connection yeah to the book right yeah oh <laughs> yes yes oh my gosh yeah yeah, yeah. completely so yeah you could see and, yeah. um but it was it was his way of kind of like um 
I realized like you you can be more productive if you just hang around other people doing other stuff. It, it kind of, of like course, you kind you of like feed off each other's vibe. That's why raid exists. Yeah, that's why studios exist so these people can feed off each You're other. You're adding like you this know? oxygen in the room. You know, a lot of these people. I mean, at least the old raid studio. I finally got to go there just last year for oh, the just, first time. Oh, you just made it there, yeah. And I just made it there in time to the old studio, and it was Kyle James Smith that I had on the show. Fantastic Kyle James Smith. Yeah, nice, yeah, nice dude. And uh, we met up there. And the second I walked into the door, even going up the hallway, it was like this aura of mystery, right? Yeah. So it was always hard to get into Raid because they just you didn't want to go and interrupt. They're, that's Work was being done, right? And then the door opened, and I walked into there and was smacked in the face with creative energy. As cheesy as that sounds, I really was. You could fucking feel it, man. Yeah. And it's seeping through the fucking walls, right? What are you doing? The, the funny thing about the raid, too, is the the story of how raid started was like through a, a dating site. The, a dating site? Yeah. I don't know if I know that part of the so story. So basically, so the, the, um, the original like fathers of Raid were Kagan McLeod, Chip Zdarsky, yeah. Cameron Stewart, and Ben Shannon. Yeah. And uh, Chip basically was on a dating site, and he saw Cameron Stewart. What Cameron Stewart did, I guess, he basically drew profiles. He drew sketches of girls. Girls used their, their, their portraits as their uh, as their profile picture. Right, right. And the so, Jay Foz. Yeah. There you go, Shane Heron. How long? Hold on. <laughs> Shane Heron, we made it one hour, one minute, and 59 seconds before I mentioned Jay Fosgate. <laughs> Continue. Good. And so basically, I think Chip contacted Cameron Stewart uh, saying that, hey, um, I like long wa- long long walks on the beach and also <laughs> um, uh, a partner to you know to work with. Because I think he wanted to find other artists to work together to have a rent space. Fucking mad genius, man. But yeah. it's crazy because I think the, the start of Raid wasn't like uh, – it wasn't like this thing where you know like they had this big ambitious goal. It was just a bunch of people who just worked in a studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I think once like Ramon Perez kind of came in uh, afterwards, and yeah. it just became like you know this. Bigger well, a lot of them thing. had other stuff to do. You know, a lot of them started stepping up in their careers after. Yeah, I, I mean, earlier we were talking about all those names, and we didn't even mention Chip fucking Zdarsky. Yeah, right? man. Oh my gosh, like, you know, right? Like, what's going on? He's doing right Daredevil now, now too. Yeah. And we didn't mention Jason Fabok. Yeah, we didn't mention David Finch. Like, we are so fucking spoiled. It's out of control, man. It really is. Yeah, yeah. We really should fucking spread it around. Okay, I knew they all hooked up, but I had no idea that that original meeting between the two were on a dating site. Yeah. That's kind of cool. It's funny. Yeah, he just contacted through a dating site. And, like, yeah, that's kind of like the legend of it. It's, it's, you know, because a lot of people don't need the space, right? Like, a lot of people, like, you know, like Shane, like his house, like, you know, Shane Heron. He's got a good setup there. Plenty of fucking room, right? But he's joining Raid. Because you want that energy, you want that seeping stuff. Oh, Shane, Shane's in, running right, right? Huh? He's he's in raid now too. Oh, uh, I don't know. Uh, well, fuck it. Yeah, Shane's joining raid. Oh, I don't nice. think there's any reason that should be any fucking secret. If it is, I don't fucking care. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's any kind of secret. Shane Heron is absolutely joining Raid, and he's got a lot of cool things that are going to come that way. Yeah. But that group, you know, they've been bringing on lots of cool people like Kyle, uh, Gabe Sapienza. You know, yeah, amazing like artist. This yeah. fucking killer yeah. shit, man. Killer Ian, Ian, shit. Ian Kyle's webcomic is crazy, too. Right? Kyle, Kyle oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, blank. What's the name? Black. Uh, what's it called? I can't remember what it's called. Oh, my gosh. It's I know. Black something or something <laughs> or other. Sorry, Kyle. <laughs> black Forest? No, no, no. That's, that's no, Black Night, <laughs> Night of the Blackness. I can't remember, but whatever. Um, we'll hit it up later proper for you there, Kyle. 
No, I can't now. Let's let's. Uh, I don't like to ever do this on the show because googling for podcasts is bad. But we, uh, it shouldn't take too long to figure this out. This is exactly what we fucking talked about when I had him on the show too. Is, half the time we talked about his goddamn fucking. Th- this is why on Joe Rogan's show that's why he has Jamie, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah, you gotta have that, you, you know. And Jamie. I never did, right, kids? I'm a so I'm, I'm running solo here, so you know. Um, Kyle James Smith webcomic. Here it comes. Fuck is it called? It's not even telling me. Oh, look at all the nice pictures of you and your bow tie, though. Blackmouth. See? I knew it was black, dark, something or other fucking shit. Blackmouth. Absolutely. That's right. So, yeah, like you say, like tons of cool shit, man, happening. And and, like cool stuff like, you know, like your little mind trip of a fucking comic book, you know? (laughs) Um, You're going to continue with anything in that vibe? Or you got new stuff you're thinking of trying? Like, where do we go now? So, right now, we're going is um, I've been. So an- another way for me now to get kind of get more push and everything, um, Eric Kim's been helping me out, giving me advice. Oh wow, that's a good advice to have. Yeah, he yeah. basically. So we would meet up like once a month, and I, I would kind of like, you know, like he. It, it's a way for me to kind of like create these like um, these deadlines for myself. I find right. that I get pushed more when I have something to show for somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm working on a book right now. I can't fully tell you what the full details is, but the working title is called Loverman, Loverman, and it's um it's a combination of um. Punk rock and uh, kaiju monsters. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, that sounds exciting. Yeah, so <laughs> so I'm doing. I, I basically like right, right now. Like I finished the script. Uh, Eric uh, edited it like crazy, and um, uh, yeah, I'm gonna. Try, I'm right now working on that, and I'm also talking to um, Nelson of Hogtown of Horror. Nelson de Roca. De la Roca. Yeah. De la Roca. Because I'm, um, <laughs> I'm really getting to um, the horror scene more so, and that's kind of where the direction I want to kind of head to. Uh, and Nelson's kind of like my, uh, he's like the guy who's traveled that path, and he's kind of like the guy I, I oh, kind of yeah, look to that, in that wisdom. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's lots. See, Toronto's a horror town, you know? Yeah. Lots of good horror going on, and uh, I've tried to bring the horror here a bit more too, because Sourcepoint Press was built on horror. Yeah. You know, they're they're built as a horror comic company was how it started. Rue Morgue Toronto is inside. Horror, well, there you go, Rue Morgue. And uh, again, I mentioned Jay Fosgate, but Jay Fosgate yeah. used to do Necronomic comics for Rue Morgue. And, you know, that takes it back. That would actually, I think, technically be the first Canadian source point, even though I don't think he had a source point connection then when he was doing that. That's still the first connection, I think, between a source point artist and in Canada would probably be Jay Fosgate doing Necronomic comics for Rue Morgue. Oh, cool. I'm going with it. Whatever. Yeah. So, you know, that's why, like, I was like, I kept telling Travis is like source point. You got to bring him Toronto horror does fucking well. Yeah, here, man. And it has, they, it's, 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 a, it's a very it's loving bunch. Wonderfully, you know, I mean, but also the sport behind, you know, it's nice to branching out. Obviously companies getting a lot bigger. Sci-fi fantasy, you know, salvagers coming on from Bob Sally totally, you know, kick that sci-fi door wide open. Yeah. And now we get ogre. Yeah. Which, you know, has been, of course, an insane success, especially fucking here. Yeah. Like, we haven't been able to keep Ogre Number Ones around on any shelves. I can't anywhere, find it right now, man. too. I'm trying to find I was trying to get a copy, too. I, I'd offer you one, but I got none because oh, there's none left, yeah. man. I actually uh, had the last 50 of the first print run in existence were sent to me from Michigan for wow. the Toronto Holiday Show. Yeah. Yeah. So I got <laughs> I got the last ones and see ya. Bye. They're fucking gonzo. 
Um, That's great for Sean, man. Uh, yeah, like uh, to- oh, it's wonderful. Now, have you heard of ogres? Ogres? No. The story shall continue. <laughs> the saga will move on. They're gonna do ogres, which is gonna be the next part, but not after uh, they're going to release very soon the trade for ogre one, two, and three. Oh wow! So the trade will be out. So- oh yeah, they're not fucking around yeah. with this stuff, man. This stuff's rolling out soon. It's gonna be a huge year with Nora's trade paperback coming out, and then volume two. Look out for Source Point Press this year, kids. And, uh, you know, we're trying to open that Canadian door. So, you know, meeting guys like you is very inspiring because you're doing it right, man. You're Anybody who's been listening to this conversation, Thanks. you know, you got to dive in. Yeah. You got to meet the people. You got to do it humbly. You've got to do it respectfully. You've been nothing but the nicest fucking guy since you showed up out of fucking nowhere. Thanks. And that <laughs> goes a long way, yeah. you know, where nobody knows you that well yet. But every time you come up, everybody goes, that guy's a nice guy. Yeah. And if that's the first thing that's said, that's that's going to get you so far to so many areas. Right. Yeah. So even though the comic is put in your hand and it may mind warp someone, <laughs> you know, they're 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 more apt to pay attention because you've been a nice guy and you're obviously enthusiastic and you're engaging and, you know, Annoy people. Not that you're annoying people. Yeah. But go to the shows, kids. Shake hands. Meet the fucking yeah, big you have shots. To. Yeah. Ask them. You cannot be shy. No. You're not. You don't strike me as a very shy individual. Uh. Well. Basically, uh, I learned. I learned like you know. Again, it's one of those things where you have to kind of it's a learned skill type of thing. Well, I guess music would have helped a lot. Yeah. Right? It's, it's, that it's, really helps you break through that barrier. You know. It's kind of funny because I'll. It's a, it's the idea of humility, like even with music, right? Like um, I remember because before when I, when I did music, I just was just a vocalist, uh, and then um, I wanted to get used to playing guitar live, and I would always get always get kind of nervous playing guitar because I I never really had that expertise. So I put myself in uncomfortable situations, like I would play like open mics by myself and do vocal and guitar. There you go. And the whole thing is just that idea of like like. You have, you're gonna suck, right? You're, yeah. Until you're not. Until yeah, you don't. Yeah, basically, yeah. you suck. Do you until day you job or yeah, is this I, it? You no. I'm a graphic. Des- I'm a graphic designer. Oh, well, nine to five. Guess that's day job. Yeah, yeah. But at least you're in. You are in art, though. You're doing something fairly artistic. It's very corporate, I guess. What you're doing? It's more corporate. Yeah, yeah. Type stuff. Yeah, and, like I, I channel something different. Than that right. One. It's still better than digging ditches, though. I'm sure. Right. I used, I, well, yeah. I, I used to be. Oh, I did that too. Really? Yeah. But, but well, before that, before that, I, I worked as. Um, I was I was a forklift trainer. So oh well, hey, yeah. everybody's got to do their thing, man. Uh, you know I love it. Andrew Gilbert, uh, Gimatic sculpting. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I I commissioned from him a little Bodhi troll statuette for Jay Fosgett last year. Oh, for cool. Christmas or birthday or some shit. And uh, he's amazing. He does these little Mario's and Dark Knight busts, and he's just incredible. But he's a construction dude. He like runs like fucking giant forklift and cranes and like fucking heavy machinery, digging holes and shit. And last, an elegant weapons after fan expo dinner and drink soiree. He was there, and we closed down the show. Everybody had fucking left. <laughs> it was just me and him. And it's funny because we're standing up front, and we're like, oh, these sissy artists had to run home to bed and shit. Yeah. You know, because it is still weird. I loved when people ask what I actually do, and I'm like, well, I'm a tree climber. And they just look at me with, huh? <laughs> like, but, but, they is... expect something comic-related yeah. in some way, but that's not what I do, kids. Is, is it arbiter? Is that, is that I'm an arborist arborist yeah and i spend my days i'm an arborist by day and i'm a podcaster by night 
<laughs> and, you know, I'm a comic book loving freak on the weekend. So, you know, I'll be at whatever con I can. But, are, you know, are, are you good at like rock climbing? Like does it, does the I hate rock climbing. No, it, does, it doesn't translate? Uh, no, because it's a, a completely different technique. A lot of, it translates for other guys. I wouldn't say translates, but they just want to climb fucking anything. Yeah. Like a lot of these climbers, they don't care if they're tree climbing or rock climbing or what gear they're using. Yeah. But it's a whole other process yeah and you know how in rock climbing you take those little anchors and you wedge them into the rocks yeah and that's what you're hanging off yeah yeah no fuck that <laughs> that's the part i can't handle because i'm used to my anchors being a solid piece of fucking wood yeah like a union <laughs> like in a tree with two branches that my rope's going over and around do you have, do you have, do you have spike you know? shoes do you have like, those, like those... only on dead stuff oh, we don't use the spurs for live stuff because we don't want to damage the tree Tree trees can right? feel right is that the whole thing no no <laughs> remember i don't remember like, there's a study before like like oh trees can feel pain like there's a measure i don't believe it don't but you know i think there's a spiritual soul to trees that you have to fight once in a while but it's of your own making yeah, because I've had trees that I swear to God are trying to fucking fuck with me. Like I'll be trying to take them down, and they're just bitches for the stupidest reason. <laughs> like some shit just won't work, or something will go the wrong way, yeah. or something will keep annoying me, and I'll swear to God that tree's like fighting it. Like yeah, it knows. It I I really feel like some trees fight being taken down. Yeah, as stupid as that is, <laughs> and it's an inanimate object. It doesn't move. I don't know. I'll just fucking, it'll get me with something that, you know, and it's a, it's a weird feeling. And I talk to trees. If I'm up there, I guess you have in to. A preter- uh, like a preter- Who else are you going to talk to anyways? Who else well, if I'm to? in a, well, I have podcasts in most of the time. It's yeah. like white noise while I work, right? Like I can't stand, I've been doing it so long now. I can't um, not have something, you yeah. know, it's so monotonous. It's not a monotonous job, but just, I, I'm, I'm very experienced at it. So it's not super exciting every day. Um, but I'll talk to the trees if I'm in a big, precarious, dangerous situation and I'm about to make a cut or something that, you know, could be very risky or high level hazard, you know, I'm talking to the tree and I'm like, come on, we'll, we'll do this together. This will be okay. We'll get through this. You know, it'll be all right. You don't fuck with me. I won't fuck with you. Bring you to the ground safe and sound. Turn you into nice, beautiful little wood chips, you know? (laughs) So, you know, it's, it's, it's weird. I was a little goth kid in high school. Oh, cool. So I was a drama goth kid. Wait, 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 and now I'm wait, a tree climber. What the fuck is that? When you say goth, were you like a, a new wave sisters, sisters of mercy goth? I was pure a guy? Pure, pure guy? Edwards. Edward Scissorhands would have been jealous of my hair. Oh, wow. I had a Robert Smith that you couldn't imagine, yeah. man. My Robert Smith was huge, and I had the black trench coat. I never had the makeup. Yeah. I may have done the black fingernails. But I had the black trench coat, black army boots, either black pants or uh, silver pants. Yeah. I had these shiny silver pants. They were <laughs> fucking badass. I don't know how. I was always able to pull off this crazy, crazy in, shit. In my high, my high school, goths uh, were basically like Mansonites. The Manson. That was our era. That came just after. Yeah. Right? Huge that shift, was, huh? It was a huge shift because we weren't goths. We were mods. Yeah, and there was a fucking difference. Yeah, because because you had the Scott thing, right? So did you transfer? Did you Scott convert? wasn't there for me then? Oh, I see. I didn't know Scott wow. then. The only Scott I knew then was like you know I was into Jesus and Mary Chain. Oh yeah, the Cure, <laughs> Morrissey, the Smiths, uh, you know, Mazzy Star, Spiritualized. Kill- I saw uh, all Killing these Joke? bands. No, it wasn't really my thing. Susie and the Banshees. Oh yeah, Susie and the Banshees. Yeah. Okay, and. 
I saw all these bands that the government. Oh man! Do you remember the government? I that remember then the gover- became the warehouse. The warehouse and yeah. I think it's just no, no. Isn't, isn't, gone isn't, now, isn't, isn't the government? Uh, wasn't the government a part? Like it was the, the it was the same building, but I think the government existed at the same time as the warehouse. Yes, you're right. The government was the little party room. It was like the, the club kind of thing inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the warehouse was like the bigger. And then it became shows. something else. It became uh, a condo. Now. No, but even after warehouse, they named oh, it something cool, else. The cool house. The cool house. With a K. That's right. It was it was the cigarette company. But dude, I saw all those bands. I saw Bjork. Oh, uh, during what during during the post during post album or what album? Yeah, uh, the first Human Behavior debut. Wow, mm-hmm. holy cow, that's amazing. I met her at HMV in Toronto. How was that? This was back in the awesome days because I had a mad like I liked her music and everything, but I had a mad crush on her. Yeah, yeah. She was like the I'll most beautiful not. elven little creature in the fucking world. Right? Yeah, she's amazing. And she was doing a signing at MTV or sorry at uh, Much Music HMV. Oh, HMV. Yeah, HMV. this was back in the day before yeah. there was a Dundas and Young Square and all that. This shit. was this, this was the huge. This uh, was the, the big end. The, the, HMV. The two story one, right? That where um, Silver like, Snail. Silver Snail. Was. Silver Snail is now. No, yeah. yeah, and the movie theater and that whole shit's different. Yeah, but it was HMV. It was two level, eight, three level. Three HMV, levels. Yeah. Yeah. And she was there and did a signing before the show. Wow. And uh, I fucking don't know where it is now, but I got my CD signed. And I think I might have got my ticket stub signed. And she was sweet as hell. But what blew me away was how tiny she was. She is a fucking tiny human being, <laughs> man. Like, really small. She's maybe four feet fucking tall. Yeah. And she's behind this big table and this little stool. And she was very nice. And just, you know, I loved the show. And she was like, oh, thank you. Thank you. To every, like everybody. And it was, those were the days, man. I saw Depeche Mode. Primal Scream oh, wow. opened for Depeche Mode at the Kingswood Music Theater oh, at Canada's Wonderland. Oh, Remember when that was a legitimate place to yeah. go see fucking bands? That, man? I think I think the last Lollapalooza was there for for Toronto. What? Yeah, really. See, also those were things I got to experience that are classic from '92 to like '95. Those Lollapaloozas yeah. at Mostport, Molson Park, up in Barrie. Yeah, dude. Beastie Boys with Tribe Called Quest, oh fucking Smashing Pumpkins. That's one of the best. That, that, that's too many about, bands. To that, that's, that's when Nirvana. That's when Nirvana like with, when, when Kurt Cobain d- passed away, and that's where Smashing Pumpkins had to like fill in the shoes. I no, think that was, that was the tour. Was, no, was way before that. This was far before Kurt died. I oh think. wow. What year did he die? I, I want to say ninety-five. Maybe no. Maybe before that. Was it before that? Maybe before. They that. weren't around too long then. They no, they had like a two, three year fucking existence. They, they had, yeah. Because Bradley, fucking Sublime, he was like 92 or 94. Yeah. It's crazy that that fucking shit I, I also believe so early. That Lollapalooza too, um, not, not that one, but uh, later on, I think Ramon's last uh, performance. I didn't see Ramon's. That, but that was, they, I think they toured with, I think Metallica was on one of Lollapalooza too. They might have been. Oh, see, so yeah, that was at Soundgarden. I was going in those fucking... When it was like fucking, you were doing acid, you know, <laughs> like that was the drug of choice. It wasn't all this other crazy shit going on. You'd pay five bucks for a, a hit. Oh, that's pretty good. And you get a tab of acid and you'd be flying for eight fucking hours. Hey, in most Park and Barrier, I think that's the best place to do it, right? It was. It really was, man. It was a beautiful experience <laughs> those days, man. But, uh, you know, lots of history and lots of good times indeed, for sure. Yeah. So, you know, but lots more to come, which is where I find that. I find I'm at that phase in my life. Yeah. Where I'm kind of getting to be kitty again. Because as my kid gets older. Oh, man. He's eight now. Yeah. He's really at a spot where I can identify with him more. Yeah. Because the older he gets, which makes me feel almost younger. 
you know, that I'm getting to ex- re-experience the joy of surprise and wonder. Yeah, like we show like passion. We, like we show Star Wars does. for the, like we show Star Wars for the first time. You remember when you were a kid yeah, watching Star unfortunately, Wars? Unfortunately, he's got no Star Wars in him. Oh, he doesn't he's not big fan? Been a fan. He had a Kylo okay. Ren phrase, a Kylo Ren phase for a bit. Yeah, but the kid's a gamer, man. Oh yeah, gamer at heart. Can't yeah. deny him, you know. As a geek father, it would be wrong of me to deny whatever passion he's found. Of course. There, my television upstairs has a Switch, a PS4, and a fucking Xbox One all plugged yeah. into it. Because you know what? If he's going to get good and be great, you know, it's all about balance, right? Yeah. As long as he's doing all the other stuff. He also loves basketball, so, you know, he can get active in that. And, you know, he's really proud he learned to ride his bike last year and everything. So... I find it to be balanced, but I, the, you do have to encourage what they love. You know what I mean? I think, and it, that's the kind of cool thing too, like for me, like being a parent as well. Like, um, I'm not a sports guy. So, How old are your kids? Uh, my daughter is uh, turning 16 and my son's turning 13 this year. So, okay. Yeah. 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 We have two teenagers on my hand. That's great. Well, dude, I got a 19 year old stepdaughter who's yeah. about to turn fucking 20. <laughs> and I've been around since, I, I don't even, I, it's been long enough. I don't like even saying stepdaughter and I don't often do. Yeah. Um, you know, I came into her life when she was nine, so it's been almost over 10 years. Oh, yeah. She's been my fucking kid, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's a weird thing, man. Those it, teenage years weren't easy, dude. <laughs> I, I mean, for, for me right now, the, the thing I like, um, the thing for me, what I kind of realize more and more is that, um, like, when you try, if you want to, like, inspire your kids or influence your kids, you have, you have to, like, do it by example. Absolutely. And I, and I yeah. think that, like, uh, like, for instance, with, like, my daughter's really into hockey, and, like, for me, I have, I don't follow hockey and all those things. I'm tr- and I'm trying. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm trying. I know, right? It's, yeah. But I'm trying my best to like you know. So I would basically now have to kind of like you know learn yeah, like kind of be the word, those things. I've had to learn about gaming and I've had to mainly learn about YouTube. Yeah. Because this new generation of kids do not watch television. No. Television is dead. Cable television is dead. They're they don't even know what it is really. I got rid of it over a year ago, and that kid doesn't even remember what it was. It's I, I call YouTube. I kind of think they're lucky in that sense too, because I feel like um, when we were kids, the stuff we watched. If you think about, it, we really didn't like it. It was just there. Like like for instance, like Saved by the Bell, right? Like that, yeah, yeah, like Saved by the yeah. Bell. If you really think about it, it's not a great absolutely not right. a great show. No, like and I Zach I, Morris was a piece of shit, man. He, we all know that. he was human trash, right? Zach Morris is trash. Yeah, that's I right. love that. that yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, that it's brilliant shit, man. But it was one of those things where I think now it's kind of crazy. Like even my son right now, he's really getting into uh, animation, and there's so much, so many channels that like are breaking down certain things. Right. And we can talk on a level now about like storytelling and all those things. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's really, it's really, really amazing to well, have those conversations with them. We're bonding on this media aspect. Cause you know, his dad's a podcaster. His yeah. dad's a, you know, a, 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 a hobbyist journalist, I guess you could say. Yeah. So I'm constantly doing all this stuff, learning about all this stuff online and, and videos and audio and that's where he's rolling because they're in a generation like imagine if think about back when we were kids watching tv in the 80s and early 90s we just had channels yeah if those channels did and showed whatever they fuck they want yeah not only can you watch whatever you want now you can do it yourself you one of those channels can be yours yeah that you can upload what you want people to see or what you would want to see and my kid one of the eights so like two years ago i helped him make his own youtube channel oh wow it's called laser decks <laughs> should all check it out and it's, you know, he's only got like three videos up there so far, but he makes his little gaming videos and his try not to laugh challenge, you know? Yeah, yeah. 
And he fucking loves it. So we totally bond over that. So sometimes when I'm doing work down here in the studio, he loves to come down and he'll just hang out and watch what I'm doing and we'll record. Because he's been on the show. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, we've occasionally done movie reviews. We do one for Thor Ragnarok and I can't remember the other one. But the Thor Ragnarok was really good. Did you watch And he did an awesome job on the show, man. Did you you guys watch uh, Spider-Verse? Yeah, yeah, oh, we man. should have done one for that. I didn't even think of it. Such a yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. He loved it. He do, thought it was great. Do you feel though, like I know this? I know probably get this a lot with, with stuff, but um, like, did you feel like you're in a weird golden time where like to have like even like a movie that was based off a superhero was like a rarity? Like I remember being in the '80s. Oh God, yeah. I, re- I remember being in the '80s and watching stuff like remember that like, My Secret Identity. Yeah, that was and, yeah, and, and, and that, spray cans. Yeah, th- that was like him having like a, a Wolverine cardboard cut on his room was yeah. like. So oh, cool! Yeah, I was so excited. That? Like Wolverine, yeah. like Wolverine's yeah, in the not thing. just Spider Man or yeah. Superman, but that was fucking Wolverine. Brown costume Wolverine, right? Totally. And I remember being into that, or even yeah. like, was it like Adventures in Babysitting when Thor was at the end? Yeah, yeah. Um, and well, I would take it. Remember now? the Hulk TV made for TV oh, yeah. movies? Yeah. When like what's his name? That guy was on one is Thor and Daredevil. Yeah, Daredevil you know? wearing the black uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> the yeah. costume, which is very Netflixy. It's kind of funny at yeah. this point. It's coming full circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was. It's kind of. It's very surreal thing like um like well, i i don't like when people go like oh another remember like like you don't understand like this is like uh this is a crazy like like i feel like we're spoiled in a certain sense of that oh yeah yeah and, yeah. and i feel like and what's kind of interesting too i read a real about comic books and comic book characters is that i don't know any other type of medium or literature that has so much um has a character like for instance like spider-man um spider-man's been consistently written and handed off to so many people since 63 you right, know what I mean? Right. Like I don't see, I I don't know if there's anything else to that capacity. Like for instance, like you know, like like um, novel characters, or you know, like um, yeah, yeah, you know, you know what I mean? Like um, yeah, like like Sherlock Holmes. Like Sherlock Holmes was you know written by like Arthur Arthur Doyle for right, so long. Right, right, right. Like you might see that, but the, but the amount of people that have been molding Spider Man and you know exposing his character, or even Batman, or all those people. Right. I don't know any other type of medium that you can compare that to. Like. You know, a people of of a character that's been that much written on a constant basis. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right because it's continuous. I mean, what we just had Action Comics 1000. Oh, I know, right? right? We're about to have Detective Comics 1000. Yeah. So it's yeah, you're absolutely right. Just man. That, that I'm trying ex- to rack my head with thinking about it, but there's nothing. A, there's no other medium older. Yeah. Because TV's not as old as comic books. Radio, maybe, but no one's. There's n- never been like a continuous radio show. That's what I mean. Like, you, you, yeah, and even with like old literature, like even with classic literature, like things, like a, like even like a a novel hasn't come out a month on a monthly basis, and right. you know, or four novels of the same character have been coming out on a monthly basis. There, yeah, there's no other medium that has characters with nearly as much depth yeah and, content. and history and yeah. content you're absolutely and, and right I, man and, and i feel i feel like the possible thing of people are going like whoa they're making like you know the, like how can, how many more movies can they make of this is like they can probably make a lot more. they can go forever yeah i just consider you know people talk about you know the superhero genre busting and everything i don't think so it's just another genre yeah it probably will slow down it'll come and go because like look at westerns they come and go but they yeah. never leave you know, even the stupid 
kid movies don't ever leave. Like I, I think it'll evolve to something. And, and yeah. I think that I think you're starting to see that with Spider Verse and Deadpool and stuff like that. Like as in the yeah. sense of like, and a lot of stuff. The there's so much now that people don't even realize is from comics because it's all from comics. Yeah. I wonder how many people are watching Preacher and know that it's a comic book. I know. Right? How many people are seeing? You know, there's some weird stuff that I didn't even know was a graphic novel. But graphic novels now are like the source for fucking. Hollywood makes sense like, too. The, you know, people aren't selling scripts anymore. They're optioning graphic novels. Yeah, fucking all over the place. That's the, that's yeah. a, that's a crazy thing too, right? Because yeah. you, you'll 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 pick up a book like now, like like with uh, it's a Mark Mark Miller, like uh, yeah, Miller World, you know, Miller, Miller World, yeah, yeah. Like um, he he, he will like he, or him and Robert Kirkman, like they'll release a book and like oh like in or was it the was it the the curse right? Is that the one that uh, came sounds out? familiar? Yeah, I think that's the one that recently came out. I think that's like now an HBO series or something. It's like crazy. Yeah, like I, I remember just reading the first one, like, oh, this is great. And then, like, you know, next year, like, oh, there's a show. Yeah. <laughs> but also, it's not just comic books, but the genre of creative stuff. I think it's all just what our generation was into. Yeah. I mean, look at shows like American Gods, where, you know, novels that were hip and cool, like Neil Gaiman's novels in the, you know, early 90s or whatever, are now getting made into stuff because we grew up and we like that stuff. That's why there's so much support for all this stuff that happened in the 80s and yeah. the 90s because. We're, we've taken over. We're that generation that were kids enjoying it, yeah, that, so now we want to make it that way. That's where right? I think right? Because I, I remember, like, my parents not really, like, like they, they would have, like, their one or two, like, you know, like, guilty pleasures. Like, they would, right. they would watch, like, uh, Dynasty or something like that, yeah, or, yeah, you know, those yeah. things. But that's it. Like, they don't go as far as, like, you The know, children of the 80s changed everything because the 80s changed everything. Yeah. And, and we are now just man boys and I don't, I'm not saying that in a negative way because we are better fathers yeah I think we're more caring fathers we're more involved fathers we're more of active fathers I was talking to Adam Gorham about this and you know we, we can show our emotions a little easier than yeah. I think our you know older generations might have been able to and it's it just lends itself to having got to be a kid and stay a kid in a way those are all the things we were taught in the 80s that be good be kind yeah Fucking recycle. Worry about your fucking planet. You know, don't talk to strangers. Like, yeah. the simple fucking golden <laughs> rules is all we needed. Yeah. You know, we didn't need the millions of things kids need to know to survive. When, my ki- when I was my kid's age, I was walking to school by myself. Oh, I remember those There's days. no fucking way in hell I would let my <laughs> eight-year-old son walk to school by himself these days. I'm sorry. Yeah. There's just too many more people, and too many of them are too fucked up. And I'm not letting that happen. That's like, a challenge. I, I feel like that. Well, without being said, stuff like again, there's a whole background thing about butter, like what we're, what the perception is versus what the actual results and stuff. And I know what you mean, though. Like I, I had, I had that tension yeah, too. Yeah, with, yeah, like, yeah. Like kids that age too. Like I, I remember being a kid and just like coming home, like when the again that whole thing where the lights are down or right, your parents yeah. had no idea where you were for oh, like fuck like the lights. Right I came home at midnight and yeah. get a fucking <laughs> wooden spoon whooping and fucking oh, yeah. off to bed, and that was the fucking routine. Oh, in yeah, the morning get... you get shit because you left your brand new jacket at the park. They were playing tag on till ten or eleven with your friends. Yeah, <laughs> you know, sure that shit went down. Good old wooden spoon. Oh those yeah, days. you know, but we didn't have so many distractions back then. That's when true. you got up in the summer, you went and met up with your friends, and then figured out what to do. Yeah, you know, you didn't have plans, you didn't know whatever. Or pl- you didn't you have just play dates. knew you were getting up, getting out. Do you, do you do you ever do like uh, the play dates where you, you talk to your uh, your your uh, your son's. Uh, 
friends' oh, yeah. parents. Oh yeah, and you, yeah, you, you, yeah. You're, you're like you're like his you're like his secretary. You're like, okay, um, yeah, yeah. You know, is he, is he planning out through texting all the time? Yeah, fr- yeah Friday yeah. Is, is okay. Is Friday okay? And then you're like, okay, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and then you trade off because it's a nice break for all of you at different yeah. times. You know, <laughs> so it's super cool. Jonathan Kochuba. Yes. It's been wonderful having you here in the L5J studio, my friend. Why don't you inform the people before we sign off of all the places online where they can find your person? Well, if you go uh, on uh, www.jonathankachuba.com. Um, oh, you got a straight-up website already? Yeah. Look at, see what I mean? No you, fucking around, You can't man. put it on this stuff. No, 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 no. you can't. You yeah. can't. Yeah. Uh, you can also, you know what? Follow me on Instagram as well, too. At, um, it's uh, j.s.kaye, uh, J-S-K. Um, yeah, and um, that's, that's, where, that's where I'm at. And you can also, uh, prob- you can get uh, Paperhead at... Um, the Beguiling, uh, Alter States has it there. Yeah. Does uh, the Sidekick have it? Sidekick has it yeah, as well. Yeah. Uh, Gotham Central. Um, there's more. There's yeah, the more. Comic, oh, comic what, Connection uh, in Oakville? Not, not yet. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. It's the home of the Mike Ruth. Rob Lance needs your comic there. West End as well, too. Okay, nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's awesome, dude. Uh, the music, Left Behind. Left for Dead. Oh, sorry, Left for Dead. Yes. And the band it was Summer in Youth? Yes. And is that available anywhere? Is your music available online anywhere? If you go on uh, Summer in Youth, uh, uh, if you go to Bandcamp, uh, Summer in Youth, you'll find us there. Uh, also, follow us uh, at Summer in Youth on um, Instagram. Uh, we're going to have an album next month. Uh you can you can get it on Spotify and uh, Apple Music. Uh, we're gonna also gonna have a uh, release party on March second at Say What, uh, and uh, we had the I don't know we had we had the best idea of uh, releasing our album on cassette tape. We're, awesome. We're going really old school in this one. It's <laughs> fucking great. How are we gonna play it though? I don't even have a cassette. I don't know. Deck. Yeah, I that could be an issue, dude. <laughs> there, 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 there's a niche market for it. Yeah, oh, I'm sure there is. Yeah. Just don't make too many of them. I, I just, I just need a. It, well, it's crazy how albums are back, man. I was in the source in the mall Christmas shopping. Oh, see, and there was like ten different models of brand new record players. Yeah, all looking like new and modern, but would have like a retro kind of feel to them, like subtly. And I love it. I love it. Yeah, records are it's nice. It's got me wanting one now. Like yeah. I want to start getting records, man. It's totally cool. Uh, the song is really good. Thanks. It's really nice. I mean, I only heard a bit of that one song, but it absolutely makes me want to hear more. I thought you were just going to be like another one's guy. Oh, I got a band. And it's yeah. like, bing, bong, you know, <laughs> but no, that was like professional sounding shit, man. It was, was fucking what, good. What, was, was that your craft work? That impression? was my Casio. Yeah. Bing, bong, bong. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, dude, this is an absolute blast. Uh, I'm glad you have stepped foot into the community and, uh, congratulations on all the success so far. Uh, the word of mouth is traveling. And like I say, everybody is coming off thinking you're a nice guy and your work is fucked up, but in a beautiful way. Thanks. And quite trippy and cool and unique and different. And the music is cool. And all that good stuff, man. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Uh, Thank that's you. Good. Jonathan uh, Kochuba, uh, are you going to be at Toronto Comic Con? No, I'm not going to go there yet. Um, are you going to come hang out at least? Yeah, I'm going to come hang out. There you go. Yeah. All that. right. Come to the Toronto Comic Con, and he'll be the dude hanging out. <laughs> uh, other than that, kids, that is all we are going to have this week on An Elegant Weapon. Take it
Focus. 